You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the host of Pulse Radio, in the building for the last edition, the last new edition, I would say, of the Pulse Radio podcast for 2021. Hand claps. Been a long year. Been a long year, but we did it, man. We're at the end of 2021. Um, it is Christmas week. It is AKA my birthday week. Uh, cause I was born on Christmas day, December 25th, 1996. In the building. I mean, I'm, I'm a Capricorn, but I, I don't subscribe to the whole entire thing with the astrology and all those different things. But listen, been a great year, um, for HBCU pulse for pulse radio, queen series, uh, the whole family of pulse media brands. And I just want to say thank you first and foremost. Um, it's been a great year, but it's not been an easy year. Uh, being a graduate two years out of my HBCU, Fort Valley State University, uh, graduated on December the 14th, 2019. Um, and I'm open and honest with it. You know, um, being in a post-grad environment during COVID is very hard. And especially when you have your own business and that's what you're trying to do. Um, you know, one thing for me is my whole entire adolescent life from like middle school to now, I've been really chasing my dream. And that dream was to be like the millennial Tom Joyner, like to write books and be on the radio and be a voice of the generation and make money from my voice and from my knowledge and not work for anybody in, in, in a capacity. Like I'm in an office and I'm beholden to a boss. And, and I did work a regular, you know, nine to five job uh, back um, in, tw- in 2020 leading into the year. But man, it's hard when you're trying to scale your business and make it work in an ever changing social media world. You got Facebook trying to build a whole entire new world um, they call themselves Meta now. You know, Instagram has its issues that went down like 15 times this year. You know, just trying to build on other outlets, you know, team members that are great. Some aren't. Some leave and go away. So it's a lot on your mental health, man. And, you know, to be honest, I'm just, you know, I think that, you know, this journey has brought me closer to my faith. And I think that 2021 has been a year that has shown me a lot. It's taught me a lot. And it showed me to keep going. You know, so I am going to be taking a two week hiatus and pulse in general, HBC pulse, pulse radio, queen series, Ariel's football um, podcast and you know, my basketball stuff. We're going to be taking a break for two weeks and we're coming back in 2022 back and better than ever. Uh, Ariel and I, we recorded uh, some sports stuff for you. We did a joint episode. We, we did a, a year in wrap up. That's going to be coming out really soon, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Um, But it's needed, man. I want to recenter myself. I want to focus on the next task and journey ahead because I really think 2022 is going to be a consequential year, but me turning 25 on Christmas Day is going to be very consequential. You know what I'm saying? I'm not that college kid anymore, and now I'm moving to that next frontier, and really I, I want to take control of my life in a real way. So I want to take this moment as I hit 25, to really center myself and go that next lane all right and that's what really today's episode is about for me to end off the year so i'm going to be interviewing jeremiah o'brien so jeremiah is a former norfolk state university sga president and he's he's the author of the new book prosper about his time as a student leader as sga president and really growing up trying to find his identity 
as a twin and a black man in America. So it's a great book. Make sure to go check it out on Amazon. Make sure to support black authors, especially black male authors. All right. And then I'm going to be doing an interview with my guy, Siani Boyd. Um, I interviewed him on the podcast uh, back in, I believe that was like May or June. Time goes by so fast. Might've been August uh, for the Secure the Bag Spotlight. And he was my roommate back at Fort Valley State University. My freshman roommate, my guy, Swoosh in the building, Swoosh. That's my guy, man. So chill, man. So tranquil. And he really, you know, helped me out a lot, man, because he was one of my, my cooler friends. You know, he came back. He was always so supportive. And he's doing an amazing thing. And this year was his year. He came up with Groovy Wear, right? This is this clothing company. They sell these amazing shoes. Go out and support. I never get interviewed. Like, no one ever wants to interview me. I've interviewed Angie Wandu from the Shade Room one time. Angie Wandu. <laughs> Let me stop hitting this horn because I'm going to keep hitting it. But I interviewed Angie Wandu this year, Cedric Richmond, who's the senior advisor to President Biden. I interviewed Jennifer Carroll Foy, and we interviewed Mia McLeod. All these amazing dignitaries. Uh, we interviewed Cody Oliver from Black Love. Man, just we've just been interviewing, interviewing, interviewing Victor Solomon from The Voice, the whole coverage around him. You know, but no one has ever asked Randall, can I interview you? And no one especially has ever asked Randall, how's your mental health? Let's have an interview about your mental health as a business owner, as the owner of HBCU Post. So I'm going to be putting that on as well because I think that's good. That's very important to talk about and bring light to. All right. So we're going to go in and get that going. Those are the next two things that you're going to hear. Thank you so much for rocking with Pulse Radio this year. And you're listening to Pulse Radio. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I, I was listening in the beginning when you were talking about your birthday. And I actually celebrated my birthday last Thursday. What? So, Sagittarius, man. 23 man. years old. <laughs> like, I don't get into the astrology thing. I'm a Capricorn. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't. We born in December. All right. December right. in the building. We ain't worried about the astrology thing. Because y'all can't tell me based on the sign who I am. All right. Y'all can't do that. But, man, how's everything been going, man? We ain't talking in a minute, man. So how has post-grad life been for you, first and foremost? Yeah, it's definitely been a struggle, um, even still dealing with the pandemic and trying to adjust. And coming from college, you're so used to that environment, of that hypeness, and then you kind of get back into this reality of this thing we call life. And um, I saw that when I was in college, we were kind of disclosed to the real world that, you know, they were trying to prepare us for, and now we're here and we're trying to maneuver, okay, uh, their jobs. Some people come out with jobs. I had a job coming out of school. Um, some people come out with jobs and don't, you know, love their jobs or even don't have jobs or opportunities at all. So they're kind of just fighting this uphill battle, um, put back into the system where they were supposed to be prepared in college throughout the four years. So it's a struggle um, that I'm hearing from a lot of people from an emotional state. And what I've enjoyed about this struggle is that a lot of people are actually pushing this mental health um, um, push and canvas towards actually can like helping people um, maneuver after school or just in life right now because we need it the most. Right. And, you know, that's one thing I definitely want to pivot to in the interview because like I was saying before you came on, we don't talk about that drop off that happens after student leadership because we have a big focus on mental health. And it's almost like in the conversation about college graduates, we hop from, hey, you're in college to boom. Now you're in this job and you're navigating having children, a family, a house, a car. But no one talks about that gray area around like 23, 25 where you're really trying to figure it out. But I want to start talking about the book. So what made you write your book? Okay, so um, last year I started on November 6th, 
um, in 2020 throughout the pandemic. But before that, I had a vision years ago to actually consider writing a book, but I never got started. So I was um, talking to one of my friends November 5th. Mind you, this is the day before I actually sat down and started. I was talking to them. Um, I was preparing stuff for SGA. I was already the president. I was elected. Um, I was getting some internships, um, trying to figure out the job market so I could be prepared after school. And they told me they felt like writing a book wasn't the perfect time for me because I already had a lot on my plate. And anybody that's listening, I want you to hear these words right now. When someone tells you that, that is the pivotal point to move. That's when you have to act on your dreams because that right there shows you that at least one person doesn't see it, you know, and you have to see it for yourself. And I saw it for myself after that conversation, talking to that person, I was like, hmm, let's just see. Let's just try it out. Let's take the risk. I sat down on my computer the next day, started writing some notes, typing out some things and started making some phone calls to some authors I knew personally and just asking for assistance and um, me just asking for help, um, help me along the way to actually be prepared um, to come into this space of becoming a self-published author. And that gave me the vision to continue to write, continue when I was down on myself in early February. I didn't want to expose my life to the world or talk about my book. And I had this one woman who actually encouraged me for 30 days to say affirmations to myself and to her um, to really gain back that confidence and encouragement that I really needed. Man, and one thing about writing a book, it takes a lot of courage and perseverance. So were there bumps along the road of you, you know, trying to write the book? Because I know one thing for me when I was um, writing my book is just that that courage to keep going when, you know, you got folks, even though it's the pandemic now, people are still they're outside. So they're going to these different places. You got folks on campus that's trying to go places and you're trying to write your book. Then you're trying to graduate. So like, how was that process writing your book? Was it hard for you? No, it definitely was, especially throughout the holiday season when you're trying to take breaks from school. Um, and I would sit at my computer for weeks and I would not have nothing on my paper. I would have like one sentence or even one word. And my mom would come downstairs and she would see me either in the living room or in my office downstairs in my basement and just sleep at the computer. Like I, I don't have nothing in my head. I don't have any vision. And um, it took me some time to actually sit back and walk away for a second and then come back with new ideas. Um, another thing with my cover um, that was the fifth version of the cover um, that kind of gave me some trouble because the first idea I had, I really didn't like it. I kind of just kept creating, kept creating, kept creating because I knew if it's not perfect to me, then it won't be um, as valuable to someone else. So that was some of the bumps in the road that I had to overcome. Um, actually just sit back, actually take my time and digest what I wanted to produce to the world. And I want to say I love the cover, man. It's like you know, the like 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 the like the suit, the body with the, with a head, a head not on it. Like it's something in an image. If people don't look at the fact that you know when you have these images, especially these book covers, it sets the story and it tells the story before you even open the book. So I want to ask you this: What's the story and what's the central message, the one key message that you want people to get from your book once they read it? Well, the story is called Prosper. So through anything in life. My goal is for you to um, just see the story as a vision for you to keep going. That same person that told me that I couldn't do it, I'd utilize that strength to create something that was meaningful for me. And that story about me being an identical twin was the most um, essential thing because a lot of people always have questions about twins. A lot of people always have questions about their lifestyle. So I wanted to focus on that while also bringing in a student government perspective of how being an identical twin transform me into the SJ president, ultimately giving me purpose and um, confirmation. Yeah. So 
I got to bring this up, right? So I don't know if you remember this. And it's crazy because it's been two years. So we had a conversation. So I just started doing election consulting back in 2019. And, you know, we had a conversation because because you had signed up for a consultation and we had spoke. And I knew from Jump Street you were going to be SGA president. Like, I had I, already knew it. Like, I was like, man, come on. Like, I, I saw him in NASAP, man. He's motivational. He's doing his thing. He already running the campus in Norfolk. So I knew you were going to be SGA president. And I think that that's a key point because you were once a candidate and you were running to be SGA president. Then you ran during a pandemic. And we know that coming up in the next couple months and folks have been preparing, we have election season that's coming up. So I want to walk through your experience as an SGA president and also a candidate. So first and foremost, what made you run to be SGA president of Norfolk? Well, so I started off at SGA my sophomore year, and I thought it was an easy route. I saw people getting access to the events for free. I saw people just getting, you know, access to just events for free. That was the main thing I wanted to do. And then I was exposed to an SGA president that nipped it in the bud that said, no, the work has to be done. The work has to be produced. We can worry about X amount of things later. And that was Astra Armstrong my sophomore year, who exposed me to that environment of, okay, we're going to meet with executives. We're going to talk about these things that students are challenging with. Um, we're going to change this. Instead of Soulful Thursday on just in the lunchtime, we're going to change it to lunch and dinner. Oh, students need laundry. Let's stop paying for laundry. Let's get free laundry. So transformation, uh, transformative, uh, transformation actions that made a difference inspired me. And then my junior year, when I actually lost uh, my reign to become SJ vice president, I ended up working on Lene Woodson's team and actually learning to be personal with students that made the bigger picture of how campus life is supposed, supposed to be. So I took both of those SGA experiences and I knew it was imperative that I had a voice that they instilled in me and they wanted to bring out of me to bring back the campus. And unfortunately it was during the COVID-19 um, pandemic, but it made it, um, inspirational to the fact that I was still utilizing some of those skills I learned from them to be there for the students, to advocate for them. And one of the things I, I applaud myself for and my team, um, that we advocated for commencement to happen. Because I remember in the fall of 2020, Norfolk State was not in favor of commencement. They were not in favor of, you know, just doing commencement. They were just going to do a virtual commencement come spring. But um, through discussions, through meeting with students and even outside students um, for, from minorities perspective, just talking with them of how um, their experience could be better on campus. All of that gave me um, insight of how I wanted to continue to be um, influential as president at Norfolk State. And, you know, you said something so key because you talked about the commencement, you fighting for commencement because Norfolk was against it. And that's one thing I think we miss in leadership is that level of advocacy and really being there for your constituents because, you know, we say constituents, but it's just the students, you know, being there for your peers. And I think that we see in the real world that folks, Joe Mnuchin, is not getting, they're not getting it, all right? Like, they're, over here, they're right. not understanding that, hey, like, you're elected to, to, to serve your constituents, and for us, it's the peers. So I want to ask you this. So you said that you had someone that brought you into the fold and you became SGA president, you grew your mindset about leadership and about your SGA. It was more than just getting it, getting into the events for free, but it was also that level of advocacy. So when you were SGA president, did you have somebody that you groomed and, and, and brought up and showed the way or multiple people? Yes, and I think he's actually in here, Elijah Smith. So um, that was one of my mentees. I've never had a mentee when I was at Norfolk State because um, 
I was just so busy. I didn't have enough time to kind of pour back and I, I, I accept that. But now when I was a senior, I remember seeing him pass our Greek walk because I'm in the best fraternity in the world. And I remember him passing the Greek walk and I just walked up to him, introduced myself. And he was passionate about SJ and just getting involved on campus. And immediately I saw his eyes that he will be a part of my team. And eventually I remember introducing him to directors, different executives on campus, and he ran for freshman class president and won. And now as a sophomore, he is on the executive board as the executive administrator of SGA. And um, I know something big is coming next year, but I can't say too much, but I'm super proud of Elijah Smith, um, me taking up on, me taking him up under my wing and just teaching him the good things, the bad things, my mistakes, my successes of dealing with SGA because SGA is a journey. Um, and I've learned that the most throughout my time and mentoring him has been the most um, influential part of my SGA experience my senior year as president. Man, he's already on, on the executive board as a sophomore? On the, as a sophomore, he's on the executive board. Man, man, you 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 out here recruiting like Deion Sanders, man. Like God, man, you you out here bringing them up, man. That's man, man. We love to see it, man, because we got to bring up the next next generation of leaders the same way that we were brought up. Because I honestly, right. and this is something we always used to talk about at Fort Valley, is that you know we felt as if you know that way was lost. Like we saw you know our orientation leaders and our leaders that brought us up a certain way. And I know what we want to do at Fort Valley is we want to show them a semblance of the way. But it does change. And and I, I can understand why, you know, our, our parents and they be like, oh, back in our day, oh, hip hop ain't the same. <laughs> I, I, I get it a little bit. I want to be open, but I get it a little bit. All right. But let's get back to you being SGA president. So I want you to clarify for the world, because I think that people have SGA messed up. I think right. that people misconstrue what SGA is supposed to be, and they have unrealistic expectations for their SGA leadership. So in your definition, what is the Student Government Association supposed to do for someone's university? Serve the people. Serve, and the people are the students, not just um, HBC students. Just you, you are entitled to serve the minority students. That is your white, Hispanic. Every student that is at that university matters. And if you're not serving the student body, you're not going to accomplish all 20 things throughout your entire year. But if you have three things or four things you're proud of and students actually you know, see the value in your work, then you are a profitable SGA president. Then you provided your service to your campus community. Man, and that's the part that people forget because I know at some 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 HBCUs that SGA they plan homecoming because I know at other schools yeah. they'll have the campus activity board or they'll have like another body that'll do it. But people just see that activities component of SGA and not see the advocacy, and they forget, uh, hey, within SGA that you're out there fighting for commencement, you're out there right. trying to make things happen, you're out there speaking to the president of the university, you're speaking to the media, you're setting that that culture. So I want to ask you this. How do you think that your experience as SGA president shaped the man that you're becoming? Yeah, so um, me as a person coming into college, I really, having an identical twin, I was also, always dealing with an identity crisis. So I found myself in student leadership because I was now, Jeremiah, a part of SGA. I wasn't just the twin. I wasn't just Joshua's brother. I was, you know, I had my whole entire image prevail in front of me um, with being a part of SGA. And the skills that I've gained from SGA 
Um, I, I applaud all the leadership that I've gained from, you know, Astra Armstrong, Lene Woodson, and our whole entire administration um, this past year when I was SGA, because you're constantly learning from other people. So um, me actually being patient, committed to the service, and actually having enough integrity to keep going, to understand, okay, I'm not always right. Somebody that is my executive administrator or even a class president can give feedback in our meetings to actually, okay, this change needs to happen. And as an SGA president at, at the front face of the SGA, it is my obligation and my duty to listen to each party in here. So now in the real world, I uh, appreciate that the most because I don't knock anyone down from their position or their roles that they have, but also just be acceptive of what they're putting out and what they're speaking on to bring towards the table so we both can be successful. So let's get into the topic that I really want to talk about, man. It's been on my mind heavy. And 2021 <laughs> has been a very interesting year for me as, you know, you I'm transitioning. My birthday is on Christmas Day, turning 25. And, you know, one of the things that I'm doing this year that's different. You know, I normally would do like a social media fast these past like three, four years. Like after my birthday, I'm off of all social media. But I, I would just be laying up watching basketball or whatever. But this time around, turning 25, and I'm taking a two-week break from everything. And, yeah, I'm a plan and scheme things out for Pulse. But I'm also thinking about what's the next step, you know? And you just you just graduated, you know what I'm saying? So how has post-grad life been for you? Like, what are, like, the hurdles that you've had to jump in? You know, what are, you know, some things that you've had to deal with on your road to becoming, you know, the man that you are going to be? Yeah, so I think the first thing, um, graduating in May, you're hit with a lot. If you don't have, if you have a job, then you're working. But if you don't have a job, then you're pretty much in a, in a way where for me, I had a job. So I started working in July. But throughout the summer, I know some of my friends were taking trips and having a good time. I was working. You know, I didn't really have enough time to like take trips or whatever because I was getting in the system of training and development with my new job. But now, um, once the winter started, it just seems like, you know, once school started for some of my peers that are still in school, it seems like, oh, they're in school and I'm in the work world and I'm just here trying to figure it all out. And it becomes a difficult journey for me. And I think the hardest thing I had to maneuver was um, I, I really did well with time management in school, but out of school was a big thing because so much stuff is happening, um, whether it's, you know, meetings or um, balancing work life, social life, um, and just interacting with my peers. I, we don't all interact the same because now we have this thing called life where we don't have enough time for each other until it's the weekend. But I remember times where we would all meet. If it's a Wednesday or a Tuesday, we'll say, oh, let's have a space night tonight. We're not doing anything. We'll get the paper done because it's due on Friday, but let's just relax for tonight. It just seems like the hurdles for me I had to change was um, overcoming the constant urge to produce more rather than still trying to have that mindset, okay, I can sit back for right now and kind of just have a day to rest or I just worked, you know, six, seven hours a day. I don't need to work another six, seven hours, but I can actually tell myself, yeah, it's okay to rest. So that, that's one of the biggest things I had to, you know, hurdle over throughout this entire postgrad that it's actually okay to rest. It's okay to chill. So. And you said something very key. And I keep saying that because you're dropping gems right now. We don't know how to rest as student leaders. Like we really right. don't. And I think that plays into what I ultimately want to go to 
what what was it like for you after being SGA president, after being Greek on the yard, after going to the NASAPs and the different football games, networking with the different SGA president and student leaders of other institutions? There's a drop off and people don't talk about it. And if I have to be the one to bring it to the forefront, I will because I felt it, you know. So how was it after that? Was it like, hey, you know, we were just were good. I'm writing my book. We're moving on. Or was it a true drop for you where it's like, man, like I was on the top of the world. I was the most powerful student on the campus of Norfolk. Now I'm working in, in the workforce. Now I'm, I'm here. I'm not moving like, like I used to be. Like, like, like how, how was life after student leadership for you? So I look at it like this as a restart button. So for me, um, I wouldn't say I had the top position, but I knew a lot of people from multiple HBCUs. And I knew a lot of people at my HBCU, Norfolk State. So it definitely was a drop off because it's like, oh, my gosh, I got to start completely over. I have to build, you know, a new resume, not a physical resume, but a resume focused on image and branding of who I am now after school. Because I had all those accolades. I had all those achievements when I was in school. And now, you know, you're in the real world. No one really cares about that, which you may find some people. But at the end of the day, you're in a reset um, start. So if you imagine a video game and you're constantly pressing the reset button, I definitely feel like you're in a position where, you know, I felt that drop off. I felt like I had that reset button, you know, smack me in the face, you know, those two weeks after graduation where it's like, wow, we, we really are done. I got a degree. Oh my goodness. You know, what's next? So, and then, like I said before, as student leaders, always trying to create and um, build different things. We, as a student leader, you're constantly going to have like envisions and ideas come to mind. So the drop off is not going to last for a long time, especially if you're already in that mindset. Man, I need to hear that, man. I think we all really need to hear that because, man, it's it, it's difficult. And especially like, you know, it's something that we're all dealing with with COVID is that is it ever going in? You know, and, and we're looking at this new surge of Omicron and some folks calling it Omarion, you know, <laughs> like just dancing just up up and down the coast, getting everybody sick. Right. So it's like we, we're dealing with all of this and, and it's like this this perplexing nature of are we ever going to get out of it? Are we ever going to see the other side of it? And I saw a tweet and it said, like, I don't want to live my 20s like this. Like, you know, it's because it's like we're at the peak of our time. And then we're going to have to really face those, those realities of be, being an adult, having a family, because we're sort of in that in-between period. So right. what is your motivation? Because you do a lot of motivational videos. So we need that. I, and I need that before my break, man. Because I watch right. your videos, you do your thing. So I need you to <laughs> motivate us to end, end this interview. Like for everyone that is seeing this surge of COVID, everyone that's nervous about where 2022 is going and really what they're going to do. Some folks that are nervous about their post-grad journey. Like, what do you say to them? The first thing I tell anybody that's dealing with struggle or just anxiety or depression, because I've been in that mindset where it feels like I'm uh, just in a stress mode or I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything. I'm looking at social media. I'm seeing everybody else accomplish things and I'm not moving anywhere. I always tell people, take a second and breathe. And I, I really mean that. Like, don't say, don't take a quick breath. Like, really, like, feel everything that you're feeling and breathe. My second thing is, you know, my friends always encourage me and I'm encouraging the people here is to get a journal and start writing down things. You know, what are you feeling right now? OK, I feel this way. And I also the third thing I tell people um, envision what you want and set it, set it right there. Don't say I think I want to do this or I hope I want to do this. Set the vision high enough so now you can you, you may not see it right there. It may be right there, but you can't see it. But you can envision it to yourself. You can say, you know. I want this 
You know, I know this is going to happen. So you start changing your conversations, um, your daily conversation when you're interacting with people and you're telling them what you want to do in life. You want to make it in the present voice because the present, we always talk about it, is a gift. So if you do not, you know, cherish what you have right now, you're not going to be able to appreciate what's to come. And that is very important. So dealing with COVID, I know it's stressful. Dealing with your job, dealing with all this stuff is going on. Take a second to breathe. Take a second to write everything down that you want and then speak everything into existence in the present right now. And you'll be able to see the vision come to your life. Man, we need that. I need everybody really to soak that in as we move into 2022. Cause I I think that's going to be a good year. You know, I think that 2022 for everyone is going to be a turnaround. Like you said, it's going to be a reset. And I just really want folks to get ready for it because I can't tell you when COVID going in. I kept trying to predict it. Well, it's going to end in the fall. It's going to end in XYZ. But I, but I think in general, like no matter what, we just got to know we're going to get through it. So I, I really appreciate your words. Now, I want you to really quickly, all right, I want you to give us the rundown of what your book is about and why the HBC Pulse audience and the podcast audience, anybody listening, why they should purchase it because it's Christmas, all right? Amazon got that prime shipping. They can get it. Amazon will wrap it for them. They'll send it to them, all right? And if and if right. it don't if it don't come on if it don't come on Christmas, Christmas is on a Saturday. It'll come on the twenty seventh. It'll come on that Monday, all right? So I need you to let people know why they should get your book. Well, first, guys, if you are interested in you know a book that talks about identity, that books are just discovering how twins maneuver, or just a book about student leadership and how I was able to really grow and see myself change throughout this entire year. Um, This is the book for you, Prosper, My Path to the Presidency, How Overcoming Identity Led Me to Become SGA President. The main goal of the book is to pretty much talk about my identity crisis from me being an identical twin for the 23 years of my life and how I was able to find myself into student leadership. And that thing right there is for you. If you're looking for something where you're trying to find out what is next, and you're struggling, whether it's your past with vulnerability, your past with peer pressure, your past with not having a father or a parent in your life. These are some of the things I open and expose you to be able to see that success is at the end of the tunnel, at the end of the tunnel. And the SGA president role was at the end of the tunnel for me. And I want the same for you. So make sure to go on Amazon, purchase my book. And if you want a signed copy of my book, you can go and visit my website at jeremiahobryant.com. Man, we love it. So one last thing, where can everyone find you on social media? Social media, Instagram, Jeremiah, J-E-R-E-M-I-A-H dot O'Brien, O-B-R-Y-A-N-T. And then Twitter at J-D O'Brien underscore. And then you can visit my website at JeremiahO'Brien.com. Let me, I got, I got one last question for you because this is an author question. So, do you really look to have people order more from your website or from Amazon? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the reason why I ask this because Amazon be playing with office because right. they used to do 30 day payouts. Like it would be like a job, but right. now they moved it and they moved it years ago to where it's 60 days, Six days. you know? Mm-hmm. So, so would you rather that people buy it from Amazon or would you rather folks buy it from your website? So I I prefer people to buy from my website because I gift you other things inside of my book. Amazon will only be able to get you your book. From me, you'll be able to get a signed copy. You'll be able to get some other goodies. And I'll especially, um, if you're in the area where I live, I'll especially deliver it to you, um, depending on where you live. But 
if you're able to get it from our website, you get a totally different package there from Amazon. And you see that that uh, brown cover come and it's just tossed on your step and it just looks so ugly. But as an author, I always prefer people to um, buy from my website because you get the special goodies and you get the signed copy of my book. Man, listen, you doing it up, man. Don't order, don't don't order from Amazon unless you have to, all right? Because he, yeah. he would do a book Uber. He's gonna bring it to you. He's gonna give you some other stuff with it. It's gonna be signed. So I need you to order it from his website. Cause also he's gonna get all the money too. Because Amazon be be skimming off the top and they <laughs> wait 60 days to give it. All right. But thank right. you so much, Jeremiah, man. I, I I wish you the best, man. I read the book, it, it, it's amazing, man. And I really implore everybody to go get it. All right, that was my interview with Mr. Jeremiah O'Brien. Make sure to head to Amazon right now to order his book, Prosper. I believe that you'll get a lot from it, all right? And we had a great conversation because there's more to life than student leadership, and that's something I've been saying behind the scenes. And something that I want to do in 2022, I want to bring a light to the fact that, like, there's a life after college, but we sort of skip to that point where we have a family and, and you know, wives and, you know, just other things going on, jobs and all these different things. But we don't talk about that gray area right after you graduate from college where you've had this tremendous experience in college. You might have toured different places, studied abroad, been at the top of your game, been in these positions. Then you experience a drop-off. After you're out of that leadership position, after you're out of that collegiate environment, you experience a drop-off. So I really want to bring light to that in 2022. Uh, so I want you guys to definitely tap in because that conversation, I think, is going to span longer um, and it's going to be an important conversation for especially the students that are going to be graduating really soon. But one last thing before we get out of here for the rest of 2021, we're going to air the interview that I did with my friend Siani Boyd, the owner of Groovy Wear. We're going to be talking about my mental health. I'm being interviewed, actually. We're going to be talking about my mental health, how things are running HBCU Pulse, man, and really just mental health in general, how important it is, because it's not a fad. It's something that I'm glad we're taking account for in our generation and I believe that we've turned the corner and we've changed the paradigm. So I appreciate Groovy Wear for inviting me on for this talk. You're listening to Pulse Radio. We'll start with anxiety. Have you ever dealt with anxiety before? And if you have dealt with anxiety, when was the instance that you realized, like, you know, I have anxiety? Man, I do it every day almost, man, uh, to be 100% okay. honest. I really think that the focus on mental health really made it where it's like, hey, I think I'm dealing with anxiety. I think I might be have seasonal depression. I might feel down. Um, I think that really this year was an angst filled year because like once you graduate and you know, you're in this lane, especially when you're trying to live your dreams and like, you're not at this point where you're trying to work a regular job and you're trying to be in the square where you're trying to really make your dreams happen and really go that way. It makes you anxious, you know, and, and it causes you to, to, to think different things. So really, I, I feel as if the first time I really felt anxiety for real was in college. Cause I think that in, in when I was in high school and even middle school, I was oblivious to it because when I started, I literally started my journey to where I am now in seventh grade. When I was taking the CRCT, I killed that thing, was done with it. Yeah, CRCT, they don't even take it no more. We old, they don't even take it no more. I'm done with the CRCT, boom, boom, I'm done. You can't take out your phones. We not iPhones back then. We had like a little slide up phone, the straight right, top phone know, that slid up. Know. 
Yeah, like, and then everybody thought my straight top phone was so cool. It slid up. This for the iPhone. Like, iPhone really started taking off. So I was like, man, I can't get on my little phone and do whatever I was doing on that phone. I don't know what I was doing. And like, I just took out a notebook. I started writing. And now I'm like, you know, I want to publish a book. I want to go in and get a head start, you know, on my life. And that was my whole entire adolescence. You know what I'm saying? Like from when I was in seventh grade, really, to when I graduated in, in 2014, 2015, when I got my book deal. So I didn't really give my chance, get a chance to really feel the way that I feel because I was always sort of searching. But in college, it was so you sort of were smacked with it because although your parents are there, you're in a controlled environment, you still are on your own. You got to figure out like like if you're gonna eat, like when you gonna eat. You got to figure out and navigate these different things. So like I would say, anxiety really hit me heavy, man. Probably senior year because like senior years when I'm like, yo, man, like I really have to tighten up. Cause it's right there. Like graduation is around the corner and that fall semester three years ago, one of the darkest points of my life, you know what I mean? And, and that anxiety led to like real deal. Me having a breakdown. I, I, I remember my, my friend and, and lost as a friend that was all on me. It's crazy. But my friend came up, she was like, I think off campus, she had came up to campus and like made sure I was straight. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's how bad it was back three years ago, you know? No, bro, I, I completely understand that. If you could go back to your 2018 self that was in the thick of all that anxiety and that worry, what would you tell him? What would you tell yourself? I'm going to be a little bit funny with this one. I, I, I say, hey, man, it's more coming. Buckle up, hold on tight, man. Listen, no, it, it don't get no easier, but no. <laughs> but, man, I, I, I just, I guess I would really tell myself to calm down. Uh, it's a lot of things that I would have done differently, man. Um, and I, I think I sit in it a lot. I, I would have really not been as sensitive in certain moments and like really thought about like, hey, who's really in your corner? Who's really for you? And right. I think it was this psychosis because man, I'm not going to lie to you, man. When I look at my old Facebook stuff, when I was super Fort Valley Randall, I'm like, mm-hmm. man, and, and, and you're going to get some that I never do. On social media, Siani. You ready? You ready for this? I was I was so head ass, man. Oh my God. I, okay. I I looked at some of my Facebook stuff and I'm like, man, I was I was saying that. I was doing that. And it's like I get it because it was like I wanted to be in this era of like, hey, I want to be SGA president. I want to do this, I want to do that. But I'm okay. like, bro, like, was I really saying that like two years ago, three years ago? You know what I'm saying? Like, but you know, I would tell myself, calm down. Like you, you too into this student leadership thing. Like just take it slow. Like, you know, really enjoy being in college, enjoy being in the dorm, enjoy going to the student center, you know, like enjoy like those moments. It's such a precipitous drop from, from student leadership. Well, like you're in that high, like I'm going to the white house. I'm touring these different schools. I'm going to these conferences. They know me, you know, Hey, you HBCU post, you run for HC post X, Y, Z. I know about I know about Fort Valley before before until I knew you. All these different things I'm hearing, and then boom, you at home. You know what I'm saying? Are like you trying to figure out the next move, man? Like I would just say, really take that time to really cherish it and stop trying to plan so much because you can't really plan life out because things are gonna happen. You can try your best to maneuver within it, but life right. is gonna happen. So it's not right. a picture perfect plan. I couldn't write that. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel I was trying to write my life like I was a character. But I couldn't write that, you know? And I think that that's one thing that life has taught me now. And I would tell my 2018 self that for sure. That's real. That's real. No, that's definitely something I think a lot of people need to consider. Like, you can have a goal 
And you can be dead set on your goal. Like, like, like you just said, life is going to happen. But just because life happens doesn't mean you give up on your goal. It just means like, it just means like life is hearing you. It's like, okay, you want to do this? I bet. Handle this. Handle that. Handle this with a little bit of that. Handle this with that, with another bit of that on top of it. Okay, you've passed the trials and tribulations. Here's what you've been searching for this entire time. And, and, and it's really, and one thing I will say about college, and I always said this even when I was at Fort Valley, is that college is like the real world, but it's also controlled to a certain degree. You know, right. so right. it's it's not right. like, yeah, you're not, right. it's not like you actually out there like, like, you know, I wasn't homeless. Like, we weren't homeless. We were in the dorms. Right. We were in pretty nice dorms considering how right. other schools like be. Mode. Yeah, like, you know, it's, it's literally like a simulation of, like, you know, you have choices that you make that can be positive or negative. You know, like, you have, like, different people that, you, that, that you're around that can either affect you positively or negatively. You know, and you have to navigate through that. And what you do in this practice mode then prepares you for the real world. It's almost like a video game. Like, you know, if, you, if you're practicing like if i'm playing 2k or whatever and i'm practicing a new shot meter the shot meter sucks all right so i'm practicing new shot meter and i'm trying to figure out how to shoot like when i'm in an actual game it's either when it's that time this real world time i'm either gonna pull up and hit it the right way i'm gonna miss it you know so i think that that's what college is and people miss that about college when they talk about the student loans of course with you know we heard about the news with the administration about that like the whole entire relief thing not happening but like People don't understand that, yeah, it's an education, but at the same time, it's like life in front of us too. So like, that's something I really cherish about that college experience as well. Cause I don't, if I went to Mercer, which that was on the table for me to go. Cause my mom graduated from there and my dad worked there. So I would have had, at the very least, my tuition would have been three. I had to pay for room and board and books. I wouldn't have gotten that same life lesson. I don't think I would be where I'm at now. You know, I probably I always said I I would be successful, but where I am now, I don't think I would be there, you know. So like that HBCU experience and that college experience, it prepared me for where life is going and what it's going to be. That is that. I love the way you put that, bro. I love the way you put that. Have you ever really dealt with depression? And when did you realize that, you know, you were dealing with depression? Depression is such a interesting topic because. Mm -hmm. Because like, I, I talked to my therapist about it. And I, I got to get her back in, in 2022. Um, but, you know, therapy costs money. Uh, and, and before before you go in, bro, I just wanted to highlight that, bro. This man said he talked to his therapist. He talked to his therapist. Bro, bro, if you're watching this after after the live, rewind it. He said he's talking to his therapist. There's nothing wrong with talking to your therapist, bro. We got to break that stigma, especially in the black community, bro. Get a therapist. Get one. You're not going to fix your own problems by keep on overthinking the same thing. Get a therapist. I appreciate you saying that, bro. I appreciate that. Go ahead. My bad. Yeah, no, and and I'm telling you one thing, too. Like, I think that in the black community, especially, that we've gotten out of that stigma because of, like, and I know people have these crazy hot takes about Charlemagne. I've been looking at them these past few yeah. days, but yeah. Charlemagne has put that in the forefront. It's a lot of folks that have been putting that in the forefront, especially black mental health therapists. Like, hey, like, we're out here. We can, you know, handle our own issues and our own problems. But, like, when I spoke with my therapist, it's hard to quantify that because, like, is depression you feeling down or is that a chemical imbalance within you that right. makes you feel the way that you do? But I can say that I have felt depression before. I even looked up what depression is. I, I think that, you know, I felt that post-grad depression, you know, in, in a delayed response because, like I said, I was on a move. Like, right after I graduated from Fort Valley, 
I was working with National Black College Alumni Hall of Fame as an ambassador. I was, I was, you know, it was basically a volunteer type of thing. And we were touring. To start 2020, before COVID hit America, we were touring. Right. We were going to these different um, HBCUs, different states, all the way up into February. I was back at Fort Valley doing my election thing. So, like, I didn't feel it at that point. I was still on the move. I'm like, hey, I'm still doing my thing. But it wasn't until things slowed down, I was like, dang, like, it's really mm-hmm. over. You know what I mean? So I think that that was a point of depression. That I felt depressed or at least the symptoms of it. And then also really just having a business like Pulse, man. Like that was the one thing I was excited to talk about, especially before I go on my break. Man, it is hard. Like running a business like Pulse. Right. Because all the people you meet that that then cycle out of your life, you know, like the the decisions you have to make. Like the fact that it's like, hey man, like like the, the angst around like, hey, I see these folks getting a page hat talking about cryptocurrency, all this, all this different stuff. What if that was pulse tomorrow? Like I make sure on like no one's know the password. I make sure it's all good. But what if boom is gone tomorrow? What if someone deletes the page? You know what I'm sure. saying? Like, so it's like it's the angst of like, like, man, like, am I really building a community outside of Instagram? You know, like, like it's, it's like those different things where it's like the business and it's just, it's a suspended sense of like, are you doing enough? Where are you going? Like you about to turn 25, like it's time to get, get the ball rolling. So I think, you know, just, just for me, man, like, I think that this year has been a lot of depression and it's been a lot of up and down. It's almost like, like, like a roller coaster where it's like one mm-hmm. moment you're good. Another moment you're not one moment. You really good. Another moment you're not like a perfect example. Like, man, like, I interviewed Angie Wanu, the founder of The Shade Room. Like, we were on The Shade Room. You know what I'm saying? Like, for a video that I shot back at Fort Valley, like, I I used to always say, remember, I used to always be like, man, I'm going to put Fort Valley on the map, X, Y, Z. I got Fort Valley on The Shade Room. You know what I'm saying? Like, what other HBCU was prominently featured on The Shade Room like that, where, like, they literally went and selected, boom, hey, we're going to put HPE, the probate from 2019, on the shade room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I promise you, like, after that was that was such a high because I'm like, I really looked up to her. Like, I really like like my, my senior year, I was walking to the calf for brunch, you know, like listening to that interview that that, that she did with Complex Hustle. And I, and I'm like, hey, I want to interview her. And I interview her. She saw me, she she get she showed me love. I got it as my wallpaper on my phone. And I interview her. And like I listened back to that. And, like, she was dropping so much game on me, like, in that interview. And then literally the next day I had a breakdown. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like it was it was that deep. And then I had to really take a step back. I took off from work. And I had, like, I just like, man, like, I'm down. I don't know where I'm going, man. I want to get what she's at. And then after that, I'm on SiriusXM being interviewed. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it was like high, low, high. It's like I can barely even really take it. You know, because it's like you're always on the go. Like, and that's even why I decided that I wanted to do this break I'm about to go on. Where it's like, you know, everything's automated with Pulse. We're going to put it to the side. I told all my people, told them, hey, you know, we're going to, you know, just slow down for right now. You know, this is the last assignment I'm giving you for 2021. I want you to enjoy the holidays. We're going to be back in January. I told all my clients. I have some election clients, some students that I'm working with. I'm like, hey. My birthday's coming up. New Year's is coming up. I want to take this time for all of us to recharge so I can have time to feel the way that I feel and really emote for real and then really plan what the next level is, you know, because I think that that was a reason for why I felt the way that I felt in my depression 
it's like I didn't get a chance to really feel how I was feeling and come to terms with it because I was always on the right. go because of work, because of that anxiety, mm-hmm. because Pulse is, is such an ever, ever going grind, you know? So that's really the big thing to me, you know? No, that's real, bro. That 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 is real. Um, I feel like one of the things I've always said about life is that you know it's gonna have its highs and lows, and the highs are always gonna feel good because of the highs, obviously. But then I was like, okay, like how do we manage the lows, right? Yeah. When we when we enjoy the highs and then we can learn to manage the lows, that's what you kind of always find like that sweet spot in life. So, yeah, bro. Like I and I know for someone like you, because you're so passionate about what you do that. You're like you you say you like you met that person from the shade room. Yeah. I feel like that meeting with her was like, okay, like I can be in that realm. Yes. I can be her. I not only can I be her, I can be better than her. So I feel like, you know, being how you are is like next is like, I right, master plan. I already done got here. How do I get all the way over there? And um again, how old was the um the woman that um that owns that runs the shade room? She's in her like 30s, man. She's really young. So like boom, she's boom. really young. Like she started, as a matter of fact, I can tell you, I can't tell you her age exactly. I don't know if I want to, I want to say it. You know how it is with women's age. No, yeah. But but like she started it when she was 23 or 22. Right. Because she she spoke on it in the interview that I did. And when I looked at it, man, because she started 2014. I'm like, man, when I started Pulse, I was a junior in college, man. I was like 19, 20. So it's like, dang, like. You know what I'm saying? Like it was that parallel of like, yo, that's dope. But then I'm right. also like, man, she doing it. And I'm not like, you know what I'm saying? Like she 20, she was 20, I was 20 I had two years and I didn't do what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you start beating up on yourself, you know? Word. No, definitely, bro. But um that's the biggest thing. Like, especially for any entrepreneurs and anybody that's really working, Ryan, listening to this, just trust, yeah. believe, and have faith that you are on the right path. Just, just, just trust it. Just let go. For a person like me, I'm the type of person who has to like see the results. Like, yeah. say for my business, like if I don't see this amount of sales today, I don't, I don't believe I'm doing right. But just believe it's something beyond physical, something beyond like your your human comprehension can understand that it's all working. It's conspiring. Everything is conspiring in whatever um whatever goal you have. So just have faith, regardless, regardless of how. Just have faith. And just keep working, bro. And that's my man Randall is a testament of that. Like I said, 2015, same dorm room. He was grinding. Now, 2021, this man got 30,000 plus followers. This man has multiple books. This man has been on a tour and been to multiple HBCUs. He done work at a new center, bro. Like, come on, bro. I be keeping up with you too, now, bro. I like, see it. Come on, bro. Like, I see so it. He he is a prime example of like. Bro, first of all, don't let social media fool you, bro. Like, there's no such thing as quick success. At all. If you see anything quick success on social media, please block them. Block them for your mental oh, health. Hey, can I say this? Oh, man, right. listen, you like you, you, you getting it all out of me today, man. A lot of folks don't understand with this social media game that you have to be multifaceted. You know, right. um, I think that we throw a lot around entrepreneur influencer we throw that around a lot but people don't understand that you have to really work for it like you can't just do one thing and you're popping like because it was it was a grind like I, like you know i saw something and this was when um you know dj academics got his page taken down but he knew somebody instagram and they put it right back up 
And, and he was like, yeah, man, like a lot of folks like work, they they grind to build their Instagram and they could just be taken away like that. Cause that was when I was like, man, like that's suspended, suspensive. Like, what if today a hacker get got done got me? You know what I'm saying? So, right. so so I'm like, you know what? We did work hard to do this. Like I was, you know, at, at NASAP in 2019, um, the, the, like, like this student institute that we went to at, um right. all the HBCUs normally go, the student leaders go. I'm like, I was working. You know, and putting it out there. You know, like uh-huh. I, I, I do, I do create this content. I am up thinking, what's the next move? I am having meetings and all these different things. We have had all these partnerships. Like this is work, you know. And people don't understand that because they see the follower count, and a lot of folks bow to that. You know, when it's like just because you have followers, don't don't mean you're of substance. You know, and that's and I'm not trying to be, you know, cynical or be, you know, the old me. You know, where where, where I was sort of holier than thou a bit. Like, because it's like, you know, like, like you, you work, you work, you do what you do, but it's like, that don't, that don't mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? Cause at the end of the day, it's a lot of folks that got 2000 followers that are cold with it. You know what I'm saying? have a hundred thousand. And first of all, some might be fake first and foremost, but, the, but the other ones it, 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 it's the fact that like, you know, you're not grinding like how the other person is. And but that's just how life is. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's the thing that really upsets me where I really had to Especially for this brand, I gotta just log out of social media because it's a lot of folks capping, man. It's a lot of folks that are that are faking, and I I hate it. I think it's really the fact that Pimp C is one of my favorite rappers of all time. He's to call him out. He's to call him out, man. I'm like, man, like I, I be so I'm, I'm like, should should I do? Should I call these folks out? And I'm like, no, man. You HBC post, leave it. You got to be positive. Leave it alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you got to get a burner account for that, my boy. You got to hey, 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 man, man. You you a hip hop guy, man, man? When I tell you, I want to be on my non swag at Ether, bro. I want this hey. high point and be like, boom. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I want to be over here like, I want to be like, like boom, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, but I'm like, no, calm down, Rand. Just calm down. Just, just listen. Go, go over there. Let's take a break. Log out. You know what I'm saying? Go watch basketball, but <laughs> not the Lakers. He said he, he said he see through it all, man. He said he said he didn't see through it all. And then I'll be, I'll be like, I'll be like, man, like, listen, go watch basketball, but not the Lakers, because that make you even more mad. I'm telling you, don't, don't, don't go watch the. <laughs> Just, just just go read a book at this point, man. Like, cause the Lakers, Fire. boy, hey, that's hurting my mental health right now, man. I'm telling you. No word, bro. No, that's that's a pity, bro. That's a pity. It's so funny because it's true. It's so funny because it's true, bro. That's the crazy. That's what. That's the only reason. Hey, every good joke got some truth to it. You just said hella truth, bro. Like, hey, hey. like my man just said, don't. People on social media facking and capping and swicking and swapping and. Hey, listen, do you, right. do you, because if you're doing you, that's going to last forever. But to end this thing off, bro, this has been a great mental health Monday, but to end this off, um, to anybody out there um, dealing with like any mental health, anything related, um, anxiety, depression, whatever it may be, what would just be some genuine advice or general advice you would give to somebody from your own experiences? Great question. Um, I definitely think therapy is a good option um you have to find the right person um and you also have to realize that it costs money especially if it's not covered by your insurance um that's one thing that i learned um that you know insurance does pay for it but sometimes you know other therapists have different insurances that are insurers that they work under um so if you don't have the money or your insurance doesn't cover it i just really think that um if you feel as if you can do it you have to work through it yourself you know um 
because therapy and someone said this on social media, so this isn't a totally original thought, but you know, therapy doesn't replace your own level of self-improvement where you're working mm-hmm. on yourself. It doesn't, it doesn't like, you know, take, take away from that. It, it builds onto it. And the therapist gives you the keys to help you in figuring yourself out and finding ways for you to handle situations. Uh, but I think you have to take a step back first and foremost, and really be mindful you know, you have to really bask in your success a bit and not put so much pressure on yourself. Like, I think the biggest thing for me this year, because it's been it's been a year of highs and lows for real, is that I have to yeah, I, I had to, to be mindful. I wasn't I wasn't as mindful as I should have been. But also, I think mental health is also the people that you're around because they can affect your mental health. And I think that for me, a lot of my problem was to start the year, especially at the wrong folks in the circle. And mm. like that affected me in a way because they enabled some bad ways. They enabled that sense of competition. They enabled that sense of what I would say elitism instead of challenging me to be better, instead of wanting to see me take a break. You know, like they they enabled that and they flipped, they switched. And then they were the villains. It's almost like wrestling, like, you know, they 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 they, they on your team, all of a sudden they're healed now. They done flipped. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. like that hurts your mental health because now you start to think like, was it me? Was it my fault? Was I'm the one that was wrong? You know, so I think you have to really just be mindful of who you're around, where you are, and be mindful of how you're treating yourself. And then take those breaks and find a way just to step away from it all. You know, I don't think social media is bad, as people say it is, because I wouldn't be right here in front of you. I never would have met you, Siani, because, like, you got to understand, like, like, social media is how I got my book deal. And my mom literally, like, um, I, w- I was applying to colleges. I went to the SAT once. I, I did amazing on the writing and verbal portions. Math was terrible because wasn't good at math. So my mom called up to Fort Valley and said, my son has written three books, like X, Y, Z. And then I got accepted that same day, you know, and that was because of social media. Like, social media opened up posts. I met so many different people. And if I'm really, if I really make it the way I want it to, it's because of social media. So it's like, I don't think that social media is as terrible as people make it out to be, but it's okay to step away from it because it's a lot going on with, with COVID, with politics, with everything going on. Like, man, like it's, it's okay. It's okay. Just take a step back and find yourself and then get back to it. So that's what I would tell everybody that is at this point, trying to figure things out, especially as an entrepreneur, just focus on yourself and be mindful. That is it for 2021. First and foremost, once again, thank you so much to everyone that has shown so much love on this year. It means the world. It's been a long year, a lot of good, a lot of, you know, in between, I would say, uh, from, you know, being featured on The Shade Room, all the support of Victor to our sports content to HBCU Pulse, achieving amazing milestones that I never even envisioned like what, five years ago when we first started the page. I really appreciate everybody for rocking with the brand, rocking with Pulse Media in general. And there's so much more to come in 2022. So make sure to follow me at Arthur Randall B on all social media platforms and follow Pulse Radio 100 on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter, and just Pulse Radio on YouTube. And since we're doing an HBCU Pulse featured episode, make sure to follow HBCU Pulse on Instagram, the HBCU Pulse on TikTok, on Twitter and HBC Pulse on YouTube. But outside of that, I will see you in the new year. Be safe, be prosperous, and make sure to mask up. 
tap in. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture.